Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars, your live and local Colorado Rockies podcast right here on Mile High Sports. Of course, it's live. Hard to record it not live unless like Siri or Alexa was doing it. So uh, that, that seems more complicated than something I'm ready for. But my name is Sean Drotar. And if, uh, always, this is brought to you by Tap 14, our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just cat a corner or cat a corner, however you want to call it, of Coors Field's home plate entrance, best rooftop bar in town, 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 distilled Colorado spirits, and a locally sourced rotating menu that is absolutely delicious, plus the views are great. You know that the fall season in Colorado is fantastic. It's often warm, it's often nice, it's often sunny, so make sure you check it out. But even if it isn't, that's okay. You can be indoors. You can still catch everything that they do at Tap 14. Make sure you visit them at tap14.com. Spell it out. It's tap14.com. Our guest today, as he has been many times during the season, is Ronnie Court. You can follow him at Ronnie K Radio. He has been at the Rockies games whenever possible, sitting there inside the clubhouse talking to the guys. As we record this, the Rockies start their final homestand of the season, the final week of the season, with a win, a dominating win, mind you, over the Philadelphia Phillies, in which John Gray, a guy that has had a lot of difficulty in important clutch games, got the start on short notice when Tyler Anderson couldn't go, and Ronnie, he was terrific. Yeah, he really was, and the the Rockies needed it so badly, because uh, Davis and Ottavino were both unavailable for the game. We knew that going in prior, and it was also a game in which you you needed to not only win but get the monkey off the back that kind of like what you talked about in the struggles of John Gray so much this year in big moments not just in a game big big moments because Colorado is in the nitty gritty right now and because of the sweep against the Dodgers uh, about a week ago there is zero margin for error and in these final six games they probably need to win at least four of them just to open the conversation. Um, I think the number is 90 that you got to get to 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 potentially force a tiebreaker. But, of course, we'll talk about that later in the podcast. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think that's the number. But the, for the Rockies, it's a little frustrating. They finished that road trip 4-5. and five and, and not only did they want to do better, you wanted to have a winning road trip. If this team just goes 5-4, and four, it's a very different story. What's even maybe more frustrating is if the Rockies still go 4-5, and five, but one of those losses is to the Diamondbacks, and one of the wins is against the Dodgers. We're having a different discussion. But as it stands, six games remain for the Rockies, three against the Phillies, Three against the Nationals. Uh, the Rockies find themselves one and a half out of first in the NL West. Uh, it is probably thinking that that ship has sailed in six games. Pretty hard to win two more games than the Dodgers will win. So you're really looking at the wild card. And you're really looking at the second wild card. So that's what we're going to focus on. The Milwaukee Brewers have the second best record in the entire National League. So you're not likely to catch them at this point. They have 90 wins already. Better than any of the other division leaders. And they are pursuing the Cubs as closely as possible. They're only a game and a half behind them. So it is the Cardinals the Rockies are pursuing. Fortunately, while the Rockies were winning uh, and John Gray was pitching well, the Cardinals were losing to those same Brewers who, as I said, are in hot pursuit of the Cubs. For the Rockies, it lines up well when it comes to scoreboard watching. Not that that's the way you want to do things. Uh, they, they, of course, left this road trip in, in first place. They got into L.A. in first place. They lost it. Now they're in this spot where they have to scoreboard watch, but they are only a half game out now, and the Rockies have two teams that are beatable, while the Cardinals have the top two teams in the National League, those Brewers and Cubs, left on their schedule. 
Yeah, and uh, you know the the number the the term magic number. I love it um, because it, it it's it is associating yourself with the idea that after 162 games, you are in the playoffs. And currently, the magic number right now for the Rockies, as far as the NL wildcard goes, is seven. And of course, that means a a win and or a combination of loss by those who are chasing them. It seems like the first wild card. It's out of it's out of reach. I here. think it is. Um, so I mean, it's, it's really way further out of reach than the NL West. So yes. yeah, I think you have to let that one go. And and they are going to be chasing essentially St. Louis. And like you said, the schedule lines up for Colorado. Now they have to get through some big bumps. I will say this: they they have conquered the first one, and that was John Gray winning yesterday. Tonight is going to be the other big one because it's very much going to be to get back to the regular rotation of Marquez, Senzatella, Freeland, Gray. You now have this one situation because of what was caused by the Tyler Anderson injury of potentially a uh, pitching game by committee, you know, yes. uh, or a Tommy Holstep is what many uh, kind of consider it. Chad Bettis is likely going to start. I believe that's been announced. Chad Bettis will probably go about 30 to 50 pitches is what uh, Bud Black kind of speculated yesterday. And then you're probably going to see a committee from there. You're not going to see a whole game pitched by Chad Bettis. Now, this brings back that horrible bridge starter idea. But the yes. truth is that it's a little different. This happens as you get late in the season. Uh, the, the, everything shortens. The, the lease shortens for all the starting pitchers. So for the Rockies, the key for me is make sure that they do uh, what they haven't done way too many times this year. Get the lead. The Rockies win 76% of the time when they score first. But how many times have we seen them surrender, not only the first run, but the first run in the first inning? That simply can't happen. Well, and let's also remember, this is a bad team in Philadelphia. This is a team that's eliminated from the postseason. But the pitcher they're facing isn't bad in Vince Velasquez. That's sure. a guy that can strike them out 159 this, Ks in 143 But innings. this is also a Phillies team that hasn't been able to produce offense. One run yesterday against the Rockies. Uh, in their entire series against the Braves, where they were swept in a four-game series, they only scored over three runs once. So this is a team that, if the Rockies can score some runs... They should be able to outpace the Phillies as far as offense goes because while, yes, you are going to have this committee of pitching staff, it's not like you're throwing out a bunch of, you know, uh, no-name, you know, ineffective pitchers. Uh, Chad Bettis has been at times okay so far this year, and and you're not going to ask him to pitch elite, you know, by any means. Certainly you'll take it if you get it, but you just need to at least keep Philadelphia by bay. You have to avoid the five, seven run, one run, you know, innings um, to where you're not blown out early. I think you're being generous. I don't think you can afford to give up two. I really don't. I think with the Rockies, that's been a that's been a problem. I think if you Chad Bettis, you have to look in there and say, if I have fifty pitches, no one's scoring in my first fifty pitches. That's not going to happen. That takes me maybe through the lineup twice. Sure, that's that's got to find a way to happen. You know, Bettis is a bulldog. I get it. There's also a reason he's not in the rotation anymore. But to to my mind, you cannot. You're exactly right. It's not a team that scores very well in the Phillies. So the worst thing you can do if you're the Rockies is give them hope, give them life, give them a lead. And it is one of those things where if you can just score some runs early, put up a you know a four one uh, six two lead going into the fifth inning, you then start to have this 
I don't know if a phenomenon is the right word to put it, you know, to to, to phrase it. Yeah, but the Phillies aren't going anywhere. But the Phillies then pack it. it in, right? And 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 it is a a situation where Colorado takes care of business, and that's what they need to do against Philadelphia because they need every single every single game right now is basically a playoff for them because every loss is so crucial to them because the magic number now sits for many of these teams that they're chasing in uh, the wild card chase: St. Louis six. Uh, the Brewers three again. We think the Brewers is is, is going to be out of the case, and the division looks lost. It, it looks lost, unfortunately. You ignore so, it. If it happens, it happens. But you ignore it. Yes, that that is totally out of your control. You just try to win the games you can win. So Colorado really needs to hop St. Louis at any point in time, and they can do that tonight. But they got to obviously. They just need to take care of business. They need to. You know, you don't want to back yourself into. Any situation, it's great that you get in, but Colorado is at the point where, again, where we've talked about on previous podcasts, it's time to put your big boy pants on, and it's time to win yourselves into the postseason. I don't want to deal with a tiebreaker. I don't want to deal with a tie at ninety, and then you got to go to St. Louis for a one sixty three game. Win yourself in by taking care of business against bad teams. Philly is a bad team. They are borderline five hundred. This is a team that's not going to, you're not going to see Aaron Nola. And I get it, Velasquez is a, is a good pitcher and all. He strikes out a bunch of guys. But this is an offense that also can put up runs, particularly at home. Take care of business. Yeah, for the Rockies. And I think what that involves also is making sure, uh, like I mentioned before, Velasquez is a big strikeout guy. For the Rockies, the things that tend to derail them is when they start getting into those double-digit strikeouts as a team. They need to treat this. And you, you hit it on the head. What, what's the Rockies' magic number? Rockies is seven right now for the wild. Card. They have six games to play. They do that's, not control their own destiny. That's more than the games yes. they have left. So for the Rockies, your playoffs are now. Yes. This this is your playoffs. You don't wait to see if you get in. These are the playoffs. And that means for the Rockies, I would like to see them not swing for the fences all the time. Look, you have a guy on base with no outs. Bunt him over. Get the ball to the right side of the infield. Shorten the swings. Cut down on the strikeouts. Do the little things. In the playoffs in Major League Baseball, we've seen it over the last few years, it is small ball that wins. If you happen to crank one out, if, if you're uh, Houston and you have Carlos Correa and you can smack it out, or you're, you have uh, Alex Bregman, you can smack it out, that's great, but that happens if it happens. Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado can do that too. David Dahl can do that. There are guys that can hit home runs on this team. They need to happen organically. They can't be trying to do it. And they need to understand the position and get one run at a time instead of hoping that they have an inning where they get four or five. And obviously, yesterday we talked about, or uh, uh, yesterday we talked about earlier in the podcast, John Gray pitched tremendously and and very much kept the Phillies at bay. But I will say it was very nice to see them be patient at the plate yesterday. Uh, Philadelphia ends up walking eight. Altogether, but more importantly, when the game was in limbo, it wasn't the big gigantic hits. It was a broken bat bloop that got the scoring started by Nolan Arenado on a single to center. It scores Blackman, and then Para singles to 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 right center, and then of course you had a bunch of the walks where Tony Walters walks in a run. John Gray walks in a run, which is just absurd for the Phillies to absolutely do. That may be the worst thing you could do in sports, is oh, walk in a pitcher if you're, if you're to John walk in Gray, a run. When you could have left, literally left your bat in the dugout and get an RBI, that's a good sign. But it's that patience that uh, across the board by not only from the big hitters, but also a para and a Desmond, too, that is so crucial for them moving forward because, again, they are the better team. Period. Yes. End of story. Sure. So play like it. Don't don't give Philadelphia an opportunity by 
like you said, swinging and missing early, trying to belt the ball 500 feet out of the park, that's great if you get it, but more chances than not, you're not going to. So just allow the the, the pitcher to come to you and, and take advantage of Coors Field because – a a you know we saw yesterday in one of Trevor Story's two doubles. Any other ballpark, it's a single to center, but because of Coors Field, he legged it out into a double. It's those kind of situations that just take advantage of Coors Field. You don't have to snack the ball out of the yard. Right. Be patient. Good plate discipline. Uh, good plate discipline. And this is a team that should take care of business. Against that's the that's the temptation. You're in Coors Field and you think we're going to blow the doors off of a lesser team. That's not the way to do it. Grind them down. It is a grind them down. I want the Arnado uh, hit that you talked about. Uh, focus on that just a little bit. You go back and you watch that. Uh, Nolan wasn't trying to do very much with it. He was literally trying just to golf it over the second baseman's head because that's all that needed to happen at the time. For the Rockies, that's what you need to do. Remember, they were fortunate in that inning, too, because they had two strikeouts in that inning. Wasted outs. No opportunity to advance a runner. No opportunity to score a run. Wasted outs in the strikeouts there. So uh, they can't do that. They have to find a way to be patient and just grind it out. No Gimme outs. It's the playoffs for the Rockies, de facto, and there's no time to do it. So it'll be interesting to watch. Obviously, they have three more with the Phillies. Bet is scheduled to go tonight. And then, as uh, Ronnie mentioned, you get back into the normal rotation. Marquez, then Senzatella. They would go against Pavetta and Arietta, respectively, for the Rockies. Look, they don't want to have to finish on a, uh, you know, talking about a 10-1 winning streak, and they probably won't because that's baseball. So you have to get what you can while you can get it. Hope for the best. I hope the Milwaukee or the Cubs can maybe do a little bit to the Cardinals. But again, the, the scoreboard watching is something we can do. All the players can do is go out and try to win this game in front of them. One pitch, one at bat, one inning at a time. And the truth is if they do that, I think they're going to be okay. But again, you mentioned it. Uh, St. Louis has a very tough schedule. The Cubs, the Brewers. So they are going to eventually, at some point, run into problems. I don't, I don't think they're sweeping those guys, if put it that way. If you take care of business, you could very well see yourself a game, a game and a half ahead of St. Louis when it's all said and done. Because St. Louis is a very tough schedule, and the Rockies play two teams that are basically... Gimmies. These but, are gimme but, series. But you can't Take let care up. of business. You got to treat them like you got to treat them like they're the twenty-seven Yankees. Yeah, sure. That's the trick. Absolutely. But again, it boils down to you are the better team. Don't give Philadelphia an opportunity to spoil. It'll be fun to watch for many Rockies fans. This is all you're asking for. The last week of meaningful baseball, and it truly is meaningful. And guess what? It's all. At Coors Field, which means you're right next door to our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Be sure to check them out. You can pregame. You can postgame. If you don't have tickets, because they are going to be hot tickets, that's all right. You can even watch the game there and be as close to the crowd as you possibly can. Great rooftop bar. My favorite in all of Colorado. So make sure you check them out at tap14.com. Go ahead and spell that out. Tap14.com. He is Ronnie Court, Ronnie K Radio at Twitter, and by the way, the host of the Broncos Blitz podcast. You want to make sure you check that out. And I will say, because you know what? I bet they don't listen to the podcast. The most important cog of afternoon drive on Mile High Sports Radio. <laughs> so for Ronnie, That's not what Eric uh, and Les say, but Yeah, you, well, Eric and Les say a lot of things. But uh, for Ronnie, I'm Sean. Uh, thanks for listening to the Blake Street Irregulars on Mile High Sports.